Welcome to the seventh season of the Sarah and T Podcast. For 30 minutes every other Monday, we are going to challenge your thinking and give you pullover moment content that will inspire transformation of your vacation rental business, no matter if you're small or large, new or old, or near or far. I'm Sarah Bradford. And I'm Tim Cafferty. So let's get to it. We're back and better than ever. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tim. And right down here on our screen is John DeJulius. So much great content in our last podcast. I actually filled up a page of notes on the script that I was using. So I had to go decode that. And we just got through a portion of what we had for you. So I appreciate you hanging around to do a second edition of the John DeDulia story and where we are with customer service. And when we left off, John, we were talking about this whole new customer service mindset. I'm going to go right into the question here, Sarah, because I think it was two days ago, you and I met a lady who was using virtual assistants and remote employees and things like that to get things done. And But my question for you is more even technical than that. There's this whole artificial intelligence movement out there, John. And I know you're not a tech nerd and you may think, you know, what is this chat GPT? It is out there and it's affecting our industry. What thoughts do you have about that whole technology and maybe subrogating customer service to the cloud. Did you just use the word subrogating? Yeah, that was. I'm, yeah, I'm we're gonna have that word, and I, I can't spell it. Don okay. did not do well in high school. Remember? <laughs> I think I work with it. I love what technology is doing, and obviously, we got to put guardrails on it. And the Chat GPT, I play with it all the time. Right in my new book, it's like it could write it for you with sources and all that. It, I guarantee it could have conducted this interview. You can type in there the questions you want to ask John DeJulius and say, how would John DeJulius answer him? And it's going to be really close. It's better than what we did today, by the way, just to say. <laughs> but tedious tasks that once took people on the phone hours and hours to complete data entry, replying to repetitive questions can all be regulated. And I honestly think in most businesses, I'd rather book online if there's no complications. Book a line for my Apple appointment. Calling just seems like that would be a disaster. I know I could book online within 90 seconds. And then when I get there, I want to speak to a genius and tell them about why my problem and my computer is the worst crisis in the world right now to them, right? And share that. But there's just so many things that it hopefully can remove and improve employee satisfaction too. And probably the customer service, there's things that we answer 800 times a day that can be answered for us. And then also access data and answers to customers who are upset. When they're upset, everything's an inconvenience. So hopefully being able to come to the rescue for angry customers and eliminate a lot of those things. Gosh, that's more than I ever thought at this point that AI could do. I haven't looked at it like that, that it could really help employee burnout in the vacation rental industry because I don't care how nice you are. I don't care how many always and nevers you're following and how much you love people. When you are asked the seventh time in a day, can I check out late or when can I check out or when is checkout time or can I check in early? You don't like your job. Taking away those mundane tasks are going to open those people to have a better experience in their job, do more 
intelligent work, honestly. Almost AI could make us more intelligent focused. Yeah, 100%. And chat GPT is just scratching the surface is AI on steroids. They, it can mimic human conversation. It can write and debug computers. There's a great TikTok where uh, Ryan Reynolds says, give me a commercial for his mobile company. In Ryan Reynolds' voice with a joke, a swear word, and something else. And it's unbelievable. It's just mind-blowing. Yeah. If anybody hasn't used chat GPT just to play around, it's free and it's super cool. I had it write an article about vacation rentals. It wrote it perfectly. It was unbelievable what it wrote. I also had it come up with some name ideas for a company, for a client I'm working with. And I just could not believe what it could do. And it can take out some of the pain of our daily life. I'm going to switch back to the book, if that's okay. The last book you wrote, The Relationship Economy, which I've been holding up. I posted a picture on Facebook today when this episode comes out. And you dig deep in that book just on that, customer relationships and the impact to the business. In our vacation rental world, we very much need to have close, real relationships with our homeowners specifically that are on our program. Now, they've entrusted their million, multi-million dollar homes to us. And that's really the product we're selling. That is our product. So what steps specifically can you share to empower our teams? What can you say that our teams could be doing? to? De- how can we get them to devote the time to building these relationships, specifically when they're just getting started or when it just doesn't feel natural to them? Like I think, Tim, you and I have a natural relationship building vibe in us. I don't know why. We're born like that. But not everybody is, and we all have to have deep relationships. So what should we be working with our team? How should we do this? We have to realize that every generation has had a decline in their own people skills. It's not just the millennials and Zs. And I, again, I'm, I know I'm a good 15 years older than you, but like my generation, your generation, our people skills have taken a beating, right? Because we're on the electronics and we're, it's easier to text you back then return your phone call. We choose that way. But at the same time, we do have a 30 and under age population that are relationship disadvantaged at no fault of their own. They've only grown up in the digital age. There's more experiences that are low or no touch and all technology. And so this relationship building isn't taught at home. We give our kids an iPad to occupy their time so we could finish whatever we're working on. And then it's not taught at school. It's not taught at home. So the only businesses that are teaching it or the only people that are doing it, the good businesses. So you have to assume that whoever you're coming to work for you at any age needs relationship building skills, especially if they're 30 and under. I will say, even though they're relationship disadvantaged, they are awesome at it once they're taught. They're fantastic at it. So what's that look like? Teaching them how to be authentic. Right, Everyone has a great BS detector today, and they know when someone's trying to educate them or sell them. Insatiable curiosity. I'll go in deeper on these. I'll just keep it for five. Relationship building comes down to being authentic, have an insatiable curiosity, incredible empathy, must love people, and being a great listener. So I'm going to ask Tim and Sarah to answer this. Of the five, in my experiences as a leader and as a consultant, I know firsthand that Four of them can be taught, right? If you come and you struggle with there's training. 
one of them, all the training in the world isn't going to change you. Love people. Yeah, without a doubt. I yeah. got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's a different thing. And we talk about in the employee experience revolution is how to filter for that. That doesn't mean you can't have a job. It's just a booth in a closet somewhere where you don't have to interact with anyone. But the other four definitely can be taught. So if you want to go down any of them, we can. I love the empathy because I think there's less of that today than I've ever seen in my lifetime. Yeah. And there's empathy fatigue, especially coming off the pandemic where everyone's calling us up. And then relativeness. And this is more in, in a grudge buy, which you guys aren't. Grudge buy is something that you don't want to do with the money or time. None of us want to walk out right now to our car and see that the tire is flat. That's a grudge buy. I didn't have $250 sitting in my bank account not knowing what I was going to do with that. So I don't love that prospect. But even worse, writing a $250 check, I don't have two hours, three hours in my day now to get a toe and go sit there and all that sort of time. So you get empathy fatigue in that. But empathy fatigue is just like back to what we were talking about with technology. When you get that question asked 250 times, it's going to be hard to answer it like it's the first time. And so that's why we go to back to the day in the life of a customer video and talk about, because another thing is we can get a chip on our shoulder because the property is beautiful. And maybe the property is something I could never afford, me that's working there. And now I got Princess Sarah coming and la di da di da, right? And she's asking me about where the closest spa is or the feng shui or pickleball, right? No, but I'm just being serious. But uh-huh. we can look at it and not realize she's got some serious shit going on in her life. And that doesn't make it go away. If she doesn't have a peaceful vacation, it's going to go wrong in her life, whatever that may mean. You don't want to send her back home in the condition she came here. And so really making sure that people are so looking forward to this. To some people in your world, it may be their eighth vacation of the year. Some people, they may have saved up on this for a couple of years. This is it. And you screw that up. It's not like, that's okay. We're going to Cancun next week. If you don't know what he means by day in the life, we get into that in depth in episode 33 when we first had John on. So go back and listen to that. I think sometimes though, John, we have to admit to our staff that some people are princesses. By the way, that's what my name means in the Bible, God's princess. So you named me correctly. But some people just are more entitled. Like they just, they're not always going to have a story that somebody has cancer and this is the whole problem with them and why we need to fix them. It just might be, hey, we have goals as a business to get great reviews and love everybody even if those people aren't our type of people, even those people aren't our friends, you need to love on somebody and assume they probably have some demons. Yeah, no, but that goes back to it. They got Yeah. They, can I say that? Yeah. Uh, they got stuff going on. Tim has uh, a beeper. Tim has a... They might have no relationship with their husband who's on his jet plane all the time. And, right. But that's... I will tell you, coming off the pandemic, I found myself snapping at people more than I would typically do. And I'd be like, wow, I was, I was annoyed by what she was telling me, but my reaction, it didn't warrant that kind of how I took out on her. And it dawned on me that it wasn't, that was a fuse, but it had been what I was going through that day or that week. And that's, we got to train our staff is a lot of times. It's not that you made me wait an extra five or 10 minutes 
it's what happened at home or something. And I just let it out on you. And don't take it personal, but make it personal. Okay. The last one I'd love to go into on those five is insatiable curiosity. This is something I'm not seeing in the world today. It's like, just they want to get it done half-ass. How do we- This is such a superpower. If you ask a one question, so it's another name for is fierce attention. And so now I define fierce attention is if I ask you a question and don't ask two to three follow-up, odds are I weren't listening or I didn't care about your answer. I may have been asking you a question just so you could say, Sarah, what'd you do this week? And have, let me tell you what I did, right? That's really the whole point of this conversation. So you want a four to one ratio is questions asked versus answered. And you want to don't defend your ideas, explore new ones. And this is the hardest thing. Listen like you're wrong. Listen like you're wrong. All of a sudden you start talking about politics or whatever divisive thing, COVID or the shots or whatever. And I'm just like, oh, and I'm like, bite my thing. I can't wait to come up for air so I could tell you all the reasons like why you're wrong. Or I could sit back and say, I, I haven't agreed that way. Maybe she has some points here that may or may not change my mind. So insatiable curiosity, build rapport. How do you build rapport? First thing is realize everyone has an invisible sign above their head that says, make me feel important. You do, I do, street cleaner. So we got to help our employees and our children and ourselves curious, ask questions for them. F-O-R-D, family, occupation, recreation, and dreams. Focusing the other person's forward when you talk makes you less likely to talk about yourself, which is a natural thing of, I want to tell you about my flight. I want to tell you about, and that's not building a rapport. So focusing on the other person's board is what they geek out about, their family, right? How old are their kids? What ages? Occupation. What do they do? Who do they do it for? Recreation. And these should be things you're collecting anyway on on your customers and owners. What people do on their free time, which is what you are selling them, Are they bike riders? Are they marathon runners? Are they yoga? That's a huge thing. That should be a mandatory thing. And then the dreams, which some people change to drinks, which is good too, because if you know what someone likes to drink, you own them. You wouldn't believe how many times we talk about Ford on this podcast. So it's really cool you're mentioning it because I think we've probably said it four to seven times, Tim. I repeat this too many times, most likely, but I'm going to say it again. I can't tell you how many homeowners I got on our program that never let me talk. And I just kept throwing them questions. What do you like? Why are you buying this house? Why do you like Steamboat? What do you do at home? What are your kids like? They talk their face off. And at the end of the meeting, they're like, I really feel good about being with you. And I want to sign on. And I'm like, I love you, but they couldn't tell me one thing about you. Nothing. But I don't care. They signed on with me because I let them talk. Now, I will tell you, I tell my kids, and I do think it's a great narcissist barometer in my personal life. So if I go out with another couple and I don't know her husband, I'll start forwarding him. And after about half an hour, 45 minutes, he still couldn't tell you one thing. He couldn't tell you what I do for a living. And he's happy talking about himself. But never, that just tells me that's probably not someone I want to. I think professionally, yeah, keep it on him or her. But personally, it does. I tell my sons, go to a bar, you meet a girl, I go forward her. But if after 30 minutes, she couldn't answer a question about you, it might tell you something. Maybe we should cut that. I shouldn't be giving relationship advice. I love that, though. (laughs) I think it's really wise. Those kind of people drive me insane. 
I like their properties. I'm cool with managing their home. Yeah. I do not want to be friends with those people. Whether you know it or not, you already gave relationship advice when you talked about listening like I'm wrong. Not at all. When you do a podcast with Sarah Bradford, that's how it works. <laughs> and then there's my wife. And so I am very adept at that. I did want to touch on something that's going back. One of your favorite teachings is always and never, that always and never list. Can you share with how you come up with those lists for your staff and how we can use them? Like in the book, the customer service revolution book, there's probably 30 or 40 examples. When we work with a company, we'll share them all and then ask them to pick no more than eight to 10. They counter each other. So world-class customer service companies remove personal interpretation. And what I mean by that is most companies will say, hey, we're here to go above and beyond for our clients. We are customer-centric, deliver genuine hospitality, right? All the platitudes, but that's all they say. And if you tell 50 people to deliver genuine hospitality, you'll get 50 interpretation. World-class customer service companies don't allow for personal interpretations. A bad one would be, hey, we return clients, voicemails, emails promptly. Tim's promptly could be two hours. Sarah's could be two days and mine could be two weeks. So if we were to roll that out, we return clients, voicemails and emails same day or 24 business hours. Now there's no personal interpretation. So that's what the nevers always come from. Never point, always show. And that could be on site. That could be over the phone or via email. Sarah says, John, how can I get your bio for the podcast? Oh, you can get that off at thedigitalscript.com. That would be pointing versus let me send that to you. Or another pointing would be like, oh, Lindsay can get you that. You're going to have to try her. That would be pointing, negative. I can get that for you, whatever. Or I get Lindsay on it, but not making the client do the work. Oh, if you want me to go others? This is gold, baby. Give us a few more. We love them. Okay. Always you be know, a doc is my favorite. Never show frustration publicly. Be a doc. A duck is the most graceful, beautiful thing gliding across the water when no one knows or sees that it's paddling like hell underneath. How about a smile as part of the uniform? We send people home for being out of uniform because we go up to them and say, you don't seem happy. I am. Tell your face. Your face has no idea. You've really sent somebody home. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was so impressed. Got a report about a year ago that was let go. It was on something I was reading. And got, like our salons, we never get rid of anyone to a fault. And I'm like, who's the new apprentice we hired? What'd she do? I'm like, she, she, someone like, we don't fire people. And they said, we couldn't get her to smile. And I was so proud of that. Like, I thought that was the coolest firing of all time. Yeah. I mean, meanwhile, we got people stealing money out of our drawer that they can work here forever. But <laughs> you don't smile, you're out of here. <laughs> Smile while you steal. That's right. They're so happy. Okay. I got to ask you something. I wasn't planning to be honest Mm -hmm. as you always are. What would it be like to work for you? What if we talk to one of your employees on the floor and, or one of your managers, what would they say it's to work for you? I don't know. I'm I'm a typical, that a personality where I come in and I'm like, Sarah, you gotta do this. And all right. But you told me six other things yesterday. And then, and so I always warn them. You have to tell me, all right, John, that's great. But is that a bigger priority than this and this? And I'll probably say, oh, God, no, that's not more important. But if you don't warn me that I forget that, giving you six other drop all and do this. So a lot of energy. I have a word of the year, right? I don't know if you ever do this. 
I have a theme. So the year I advertise it to myself and have it on my mirror. One year it was encourage. One year is energy, energy. And halfway through the year, I was like, that's really a stupid word for me. Meaning I have energy. That's not something I got to think about, right? You're going to get it. If your word was breathing, that's your word of the year that you're going to focus on. So what I had to do was I always bring energy. Sometimes it's not great energy. So I could level a room. I had to add positive energy. I get it, whether it's parenting or anything, I could be crushing it for 23 hours and 45 minutes. But what I might say or do in that moment, erase the 20. It's in balance. I'm the same way. Tim, are you relating to that? Yes, I can relate to that. What's your word this year? Last year was gratitude. This year, I think it's grateful. What I mean by it is last year, I want to make sure I appreciate everything. And that was a bad word for me, hindsight, because I'm always appreciative. I feel so lucky. Why I kept it the same is I don't always tell you. Like, that's where I'm bad. So if someone has an issue with me or don't think I'm happy with them, I'm like, sir, are you crazy? I think you are like, I can't believe you work for it. I can't believe what you do for me. I can't believe, but I don't tell you. And that's where I forget. If you only knew what I thought about you, which that's a horrible thing. So our employees, our family aren't telepathic. We need to tell them, or I need to tell them. So it was more acknowledging my gratitude. John, you put on the most amazing conference every October. It's customer service focused world-class speakers for two days. It's in Cleveland, October 11th and 12th. Sarah's been, she's sent her staff many times. Spoiler alert, I'm coming this year. All right. Give a plug to our audience. Why should they be there? What are they going to get out of the conference? We just have a great lineup of customer service, employee experience, motivation, leadership. We try to really have it well-rounded, personal development as well. You learn more from the people in the audience at breaks and at lunches because they're all leaders of great brands doing what you're doing. And it really doesn't matter whether they're B2B, B2C, it's people to people. And you'll see there's just so many similarities. And I like to think we just we give a really good experience to our attendees while they're there as well. What was one of your takeaways at this past 2022 conference? What, what came out of it? You were like, oh, that's a good one. Just where everyone's at, the employee experience and how they got so far away from it. And that as leaders, we need to do better and employees deserve better. We got to stop taking them for granted and greed is bad. Greed is bad. Yeah. Remember Gordon Gecko? Yeah, I know. I'm right there. You're. I'm not much younger than you, even though I guess you think I look it. I'm going to be 60. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite there, but I'm over 50. Wow. All right. My last question, because this is a selfish question. I always get to ask one selfish question, Tim. Absolutely. You've written three books or more. How many? She doesn't get attention. Yeah. He said it a couple of times. You got to listen to Tim more. I don't listen to him. Okay. So five books. How in the world being a bit a lots of energy, positive or negative, your brain is swirling with ideas. How do you carve out time, calm down and write those books? Like seriously, how in the world do you block out everything and get them out the door? It's actually easier than you think. I do it every Sunday morning for two hours. And what I mean by that is I have to write a blog every week. And so if you get in the habit of writing a blog every week, I have a book that comes out every five years. 
Okay. It's just the way it's been since 2002. Every five years, I have a book come out. And so every five years, I have 250 blogs. That is my next book. So that's where the root works goes is I dump it all and then start saying, right, what chapters to go to update the statistics and references, blend them together. So I do then go on a sabbatical, but I'm doing it one week at a time. What's your sabbatical like? Do you go somewhere physically? Oh, yeah, somewhere? Yeah, I thought you knew. I, so I took February off. And I actually was thinking about you. I would have used you if you hadn't retired. So I'm like, all right, where am I going to go? Florida. I said, no, I can't do that because that would make me want to go outside to the beach or the pool. And so I wanted to be someplace very cold and unattractive. So I ended up going to, not unattractive that way, unattractive to me, but Mm -hmm. I ended up renting a cabin in in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, the woods. It was so cold and... They said there was bears outside. So I was like, I wasn't, I wouldn't even take the garbage out to the thing. I was like, didn't know how I was going to get from the car to the door. All right, John, last time you were with us, you may recall, we played a little game called rapid fire. Okay. So we're not going to do that. We asked you these inane questions. I want to revisit rapid fire, give you some of the questions we gave you and tell you what your answers were and see if you want to change any of them. Uh, can I try or see what my answer is now and see how it compares? Oh, I like that idea. I'm curious of what, if I'm consistent or I'm just full of shit in the moment. Okay. Another beep moment. Okay. <laughs> He's from Cleveland. Okay. Right. Something on your bucket list. Is Maybe one is to speak at a commencement. That's yes. That's And Sarah's going to help you with that. Remember? Sarah? Okay. Good. You promised to speak at my kid's high school graduation. Okay. Or preschool or anything. <laughs> you know. How about your morning routine? See if that's changed. Get up, have my coffee, and then watch my ESPN, and then go get a good workout in. That hasn't changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best piece of advice you ever got. Don't give yourself so much credit. I know this is newer, but don't give yourself so much credit when you succeed or fail. Because much of the time, it wasn't your fault. Who gave you that advice? I don't know. I think I just heard it on a podcast, on Scott Galloway, on a podcast. Yeah, you didn't hear it on Sarah and T. But last time you said best piece of advice was have an attitude of gratitude. Okay, good. Where did you get that? I don't know. I got this quote book that it's probably in there. I don't know. I, it really is. I just have always collected quotes. Your favorite movie. You're scanning channels. It comes up on the TV. You got to okay. watch it for the 15th time. My, my favorite show ever, which has changed, is Ted Lasso. Are you guys Ted Lasso fans? Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Episode one of the new season. How about the lesson learned there about not dissing on your competitors? Someone told me episode two that just came out is the best ever. So I haven't seen it. Okay. Your answer four years ago was meet Joe Black. Oh, that is my go-to. Remember I got you the poster. Oh my God. It's hanging up in my basement. (laughs) <laughs> is that you? Oh, thank you so much. Oh, I'm glad it had an impact that you were. Yeah, oh, I have such a man crush on him in that movie. That's what you said last time. Sure it is. Okay, so another question we asked you was how often you check email. Are you check it all the time or only a couple of times a day, guy? All the time. Yes, you actually bragged about showing your inbox. Yeah, I, I wonder if I have any email. Yeah. No, We've been I'm talking a while. I'm sure you got. Oh something. God, I got five. Oh, I gotta go. some things don't change (laughs) you gave us a great lesson on what was your worst subject in high school all of them yes that's exactly what you said yeah very motivational so go back and listen yeah favorite vacation spot my patio okay 
we'll take that? that. You said a vacation rental. You were just being gratuitous. No, no, I, I, but people ask me, you've been all over the world, what's your favorite place? I'm like, my patio. Like, if I could just sit on my patio, I'm in heaven. But no, I love a house with a pool on the ocean. That's exactly not Gatlinburg no. or Steamboat no. is not a spot. What was your favorite book? Compound Effect? At that time, you said you were reading five books. Couldn't necessarily pick one, but you read every day at least 15 minutes. So yeah. I have channeled that. <laughs> I've got books all over my living room. My wife says, why are you doing that? John said you read. Uh, that's right. That's right. I have a Kindle or an iPad, so I don't have to carry all five of them. Okay, good tip. All right, and the last one I asked you was what what a talent or skill that you currently do not have that you wish you possessed. You remember this one, you're awesome. I don't know, to I don't know, be more consistent with my loving gratitude to my family. Oh boy, no, that's not what you said. Yeah. You said playing shortstop for the Cleveland Indians. Oh yeah. The Guardians. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I wish we would have asked him what he what he how he sees himself in five years, because but we didn't. So you were more yeah. focused on the Indians. You were deep in parenting right then. See, now they're gone. And so you're thinking about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Guilt, guilt. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, here's what I'll do. My goal is 90 at 94, 90. What's that mean? I want to do a 90 minute keynote at 90 years old for $90,000. So I got 30, 31 years. You might want to write down what you want to say now. Yeah. And then read it. You could tie that into a commencement speech. Right. Or my kids. Grandchildren. Yes. (laughs) All right. But I'm taking deposits if anybody wants to book me now. Okay. Is it like an insurance policy if you don't get it all back? We have loved having you, John. Thank you. Even doing a two-part, didn't even expect it. Thank you for giving us your time. I am truly grateful for it. I have so many pages of notes. And I'm supposed to be listening to you and recording. So I can't even imagine listening to this again. If everybody loved John as much as we did, he also has a podcast out there. So we probably are going to lose some listeners by talking about this. But if you listen to one podcast, you might want to start listening to the Customer Service Revolution podcast where John has people on the program and also talks more about all these topics he's covered today. We're going to send you, not point you, to the DeJuliusGroup.com if you want any more information. He's wearing a t-shirt that says, let's create a customer service revolution. Carpe momento, Mr. DeJulius. Thank you. Thank so you much. so much. It was such a, an honor to be back. I really appreciate it. You guys are awesome. Great energy. John, thanks for being in the world. You really changed my business and I you made me money. So thanks. Oh, thank you. So long, everybody. Bye-bye. You just listened to Sarah and T, the professional vacation rental managers podcast, hosted by Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue, and Sarah Bradford, former owner of two vacation rental companies in Colorado, now advising other VR companies to thrive and grow. Sarah and T love to hear from their listeners. You can reach out to them on Facebook, LinkedIn, their website, sarahnt.com, or call them at 336-612-1612. They always love to read a review on your favorite podcast app. Even better, if you like this episode, share it with a friend because Sarah and T will be back with another episode real soon.